Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a special presentation from the Codex Station. This is an interview with David Hazan, the writer for Mad Cave Studios, Nottingham. Sitting next to me on either side here is Tone Super, the sci-fi swordsman. Guys, how are you doing today? Good, doing thank great. you. Doing great. Fantastic. David and I, I go... Oh, go I ahead. I didn't know you were the sci-fi swordsman. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's also sci-fi swordsman and sage gamer. Yes, absolutely. David, before we get started, would you mind to let everybody know where they can find you on social media and uh, where uh, we can find issues of Nottingham aside from local comic stores? Um, okay, so uh, you can find me on Twitter at David T. Hazan. Uh, or on my website at davidhazan.com. Uh, and as for Nottingham, you can find it on uh, madcavestudios.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, pretty much uh, any good bookseller at this point. Um, yeah. There you go. And don't forget your local comic shop too, guys. So you can- no, Don't get... forget them. Yeah, Do not exactly. Forget them. <laughs> Have to get your issues there. Uh, yeah. Uh, before we get started, David, the hardcover for Nottingham is out. Would you mind to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, so it's uh, limited to 500, I believe. Um, it's really awesome quality. First hardcover I've had of my work. So um, all of them have book plates signed by myself and Shane. And uh, it's also got a uh, lovely uh, black and white edition of issue one at the back as well. For Ooh. those of you process nerds, uh, you can see just Chains Inks and the letters, um, which is an experience. Um, and I hope they continue this for volume two because Chains Inks on volume two are even more awesome um but yeah you can find this on man cave studios website only uh and i believe it's only available in the u.s canada uh at the moment okay and what issue is nottingham at on store shelves right now i believe it's issue issue nine, nine comes out this week this yep. went this coming wednesday um however uh this is just uh contains the volume one issues uh as you can see here um, so this is just number one to five plus the, um, black and white edition of number one on top nice. of that. Awesome. Very awesome. Highly recommend pick up everyone that's out there. Remember, I've always been an advocate of getting away from kind of just the big superhero stuff in comics, right? And if you want that, it's out there, Marvel and DC, yeah, they're fine. But there's so much goodness in the comic world that's not superheroes and tights. And Nottingham is a story that's about that. And uh, and I utterly loved it from beginning uh, to where I've read now. And, um, and with that, I guess we'll dive right in, David, and uh, jump in with the first question. Right. So my first question for you is quite simply um, how reading the writing, it's very granular. I, I love the pacing of everything. How did you figure out that you wanted to become a comic writer, that that was uh, that's the path you wanted to walk on? Um, I'd always been interested in writing um, and prose just never really clicked for me. Um, and by chance, I had kind of. I'm very much a latecomer to the comics world. Um, 
I'd been always been into the adaptations of comics stuff, but never really been into the culture of actually buying and reading comics. Um, part of that was because, you know, people discouraged it uh, in me growing up. Um, and then uh, some lovely and generous colleagues of mine um, got really sick of me talking about the stuff which without actually reading the source material. And so they kind of just shoved stuff into my hands and uh, it was a bit of a revelation for me. I was like, oh, this is great. Why was I not doing this before? Um, and here we are, not four years later, <laughs> right comics for a living. So that's pretty cool. It is. It, it is, especially through the bit of adversity of the, you know, the lack of encouragement. Um, yeah, go into that a little bit. What uh, what type of things were were you wanting to read that people just kind of either pulled you away uh, from or told you to avoid altogether i don't know i just I, I i don't think it was an active thing i think it was just a passive like uh uh sort of air of comics are for kids yeah. uh funny books and even though i was a kid it's like this this is the bizarre <laughs> thing right you know as a child you get told this is an immature medium but you're also like 12 <laughs> <laughs> the four thousand books i have over here my kids love looking at them don't touch them but you can okay look at it also say <laughs> not for children children do not read this no <laughs> dad what's uh nottingham about son you'll learn about that in high school Ooh. just give it a couple of years i'll <laughs> shove that right in my hand here you go kid uh, yeah <laughs> Well, that's what uncles are for. I say that to my my younglings now, my nieces and my nephews, and my my dad would never have given it to me. My uncle's like, "Pressure, dad. I'm not a dad." Like, Here, you read Vampirella. Read Lady Death. Go ahead and read Evil Ernie. That's okay. Uh, David, I wanted to ask you, um, what was it that that really told you that you had started in the comics industry like what was it that got the ball rolling and then eventually had the door open up for you um i'm, I'm not sure entirely uh how to answer this question <laughs> um, you, you can but, uh, pretend if you want to that's okay <laughs> um i guess look like the the thing is seeing seeing your first book you know, sell out five times is kind of, you know, the first issue of your first book is kind of a bit of a revelation. Yeah. And I don't think anything can really top that. <laughs> <laughs> so is Nottingham um, then your first official comic work in the industry? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Talk, well, about five, talk about an opening shot. Congratulations. Dude. Well yeah. Cause like when I go into my comic shop in town, uh, I always ask them to recommend things to me. And, and usually it's single issues or something like that. Well, the one day I went in there and got this, that's when he's like, Hey, I got a, I got a trade that I want you to read. Can you buy a trade this week? I was like, yeah, sure. What is it? He's like, well, it's Nottingham. I had never heard anything about it before. And I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. And he told me a little bit about it being about uh, the sheriff of Nottingham, Robin Hood and things like that. I sat down and I read that the day I got home and it turned out to be one of the best things that I had read uh, this year. It was absolutely amazing. So, so with that, I guess maybe go into a little bit of how you approached 
or how you decided that Mad Cave was the place to put Nottingham out? Well, um, that was uh, just entirely happenstance, I guess. Um, I won Mad Cave's talent search in 2019, and they asked nice. me to to pitch a noir, and I was like, this is where the idea came from. Um, they asked me to pitch a noir, and I didn't want to do anything that was conventional. Because um, I think, you know, like, how do you top, you know, Ed Brubaker or somebody like that writing noir? You can't. So mm. you just have to go different. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so I went different. Uh, that led me to uh, a medieval setting, and I thought the Crusades would be a good kind of uh, corollary for, you know, World War II and post-World War II anxiety. Um, and that landed me on Robin Hood, and I was like, okay, well, what if, you know, the sheriff was a cop? And then all of the other characters' roles kind of fell into place after that um and it just worked and that that actually takes me right into the next question that we were going to ask you've already started it which was your your concept surrounding nottingham like how did you get to this uh because um for me i guess uh other than the actual classic book uh you've got the movies right and everyone comes back to at least for at least for the u.s audience robin hood uh prince of thieves and so mm -hmm. that really set my my thinking of robin hood until i read nottingham right and um once i read it it, it it immediately takes what i think of the characters and turns it on its head oh right? yeah and and um and and i love that aspect of it so um so you've already walked the dog on exactly how you kind of got to that, that's kind of that subject matter, that topic. Um, but what about the, the characters themselves? Um, you know, how did you string the concepts into from, from what they were into what they will be inside of your writing, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I think uh, when you think about the like kind of Marion is always a good example for for this kind of question, which is when you think about traditional character roles uh, in, in a noir, um, you just have to find ways to justify how to fit those characters into that role. So the sheriff fits perfectly into the role of, of you know, the kind of hard-boiled detective. Um, and after you accept that, then you have to accept, well, okay, Marion, uh, like, there's, a, there's the real one standout female character in these stories. And so you need to give them the one standout female role in a noir, which is usually the femme fatale. And, you know, it's like, it just kind of, it all fit into place uh, without me having to do uh, much legwork after that. Yeah, It's, um, it's like with, with, uh, with the sheriff, uh, even though like he's always been portrayed as a bad guy, it, the, the sense that I get with, with volume one of Nottingham is he still is, and at the moments when when you think that you can really start to to trust him and like him, he himself turns that around on you too, and and goes back to kind of those 
darker, more evil roots as he's chasing after Robin Hood and Little John and Maid Marian and things like that. And even with Robin Hood, too, like what you expect Robin Hood to be, like Tone said, you just turned it right on its head and he is completely different than than what you would normally expect him to be. And I think that that is a larger allure to the series itself. Yeah, and and I think that uh, there's something to be said for the the not people have have I you know expressed some frustration about not knowing who to root for, and the answer is you root for the people that are about to get stepped on by <laughs> all of these other people because they're all horrible and like despite the fact that the sheriff is the least horrible person. Of still this is past, though horrible, he's <laughs> awful but such a, a, a sort of magnetic character because he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, and yeah. just everybody can relate to that. He seems yeah. like this grizzled detective that is just tired every day, but he still has to go out there and he still has to do it. His boss, the prince is a real big jerk <laughs> and he wishes that something would happen to him, but he just can't. It's but- like no one trustworthy around him. I still think <laughs> the way you, I, I still think the way you, uh, you described him. I, I do think the word you used is perfect, hard boiled. Uh, and that encapsulates every panel of him and what I expect from him in any situation. Um, there's going to be kind of the, horrible route based upon whatever his his goal is for that situation um and i just loved it i love that that theme through it yeah well let's talk about your rock star penciler for a second shane connery <laughs> penciler <Volk>. inker um <laughs> yeah you got an amazing creative team. uh you got an amazing uh, an amazing uh creative team around you on the book question now, did you guys meet through Mad Cave or how did that team come together? Yeah, so Shane was also a winner of that uh, 2019 talent search on the art side of things. And Mad Cave just threw us together and basically <laughs> were like, make a comic. Uh, and <laughs> I think it worked. You're both winners. Make a winner. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think. I think I'm especially thankful for for the freedom that Mad Cave really gave us to do what we wanted, um, and uh, yeah, we just we we kind of just clicked. I think Shane got what I was going for, and then took it in a new direction as well. Um, and there's this thing that he did with you know all of the characters, kind of they embody almost all of their inner turmoil, you know, in their faces and their statues. And I just, it's just brilliant, you know, like, and he's just a lovely dude to work with. And also uh, our colorist, Luca Romano, just absolutely, you know, just a joy to work with. I think that's the big thing that makes this book so much fun to make is that everybody is lovely. And although we don't actually interact at least you know uh like this often uh we we do shoot messages to each other often and we just have a blast making this book so yeah the the colors are one of my favorite parts about 
reading comics in general and especially with mad cave and i mean looking at tone's background right there you can see the work that romano put in with the colors but like with with volume one you had those come out pretty regularly and then there was a large break in between volume one and volume two was uh like like was COVID a reason for that or was there another reason why there was such a long pause in between volumes one and two or were you working on other things in between that time frame um so mad cave doesn't really do ongoings um and we basically only get the green light to do another one when the pre-orders are final for the first issue of the one that we've already done um so yeah it's it's just it's kind of like works on more of like a tv basis where we get renewed for another season if we do a good job (laughs) gotcha so that's what that is then is volume two is like season two of not again then it's it's yeah it's definitely how i would would structure the well it's kind of how i would structure it in a in a season like way if we were ever to take it to television um that's awesome i had a lot of thinking between volume one and volume two about how to approach volume two and Mm. volume two was initially going to be kind of more in line with volume one um and i just kind of when i got to actually doing it i realized that we should sort of just get to the the meat rather than still kind of eating the bread and so i threw out that idea and i jumped into (laughs) what was my like third arc idea um wow okay uh, yeah so and so we we just left into this one so um when i started this series i really thought that sheriff blackthorn was going to be my favorite character right he's not as far as mine (laughs) <laughs> no he's not but quickly, uh no he's not i mean i love the character in in the situations he's put in but my my character by the time i get a little bit later in the series is clearly lady Marion. um marion is just um when in the first book and, and when what her interaction it's you know she's kind of really got this sultry thing going on and then it flips to fiery uh when necessary and aggressive um and that just continues to uh, her character continues to unfold as the series goes on, as the book goes on. And I just loved it uh, to where I get to a point where I'm like, oh yeah, she's got something going on, right? Uh, there's a plan here. And so um, I guess my question is, do you have a favorite character out of the characters you've written there? Uh, that's an interesting question. I think I I, I identify a lot with um, with the sheriff in a way um uh and he's always just fun to write because he's always so goddamn grumpy and it just it just (laughs) it it it, it, like i get to i get to hive off those feelings into him um and marion marion is fun to write she's a blast to write but um but the sheriff you know has my heart i also like little john as well is a (laughs) he's a bit of fun to write too because he's he's a bit you know he's not so quick on the uptake uh and (laughs) it's fun to write that too (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome i I could use i could see a whole series on little john i really could (laughs) uh 
I could get more little John, excuse me, uh, more if I would place an order at a restaurant, more little John, please. Right? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, I guess we're going to go into, uh, I guess, the one of our, our, our final questions. I won't say the final, but uh, is there anything else uh, about the book, the series, Mad Cave, that you'd like to share with the, the viewers and the listeners out there? Um, uh, I guess, you know, um, please uh, check it out if it sounds interesting to you uh, at Mad Cave. Um, the more of you that get into this, the more of it we get to do. Uh, and um, that would be very cool if we got to do more. So, Well, let me throw this one at you, David. What would you say to somebody? Because you said that you won Mad Cave's talent search. Uh, so what would you say to somebody that is aspiring to be a comic book writer? I, I know there's there's the basic things of like, continue, 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 don't stop. But what would you really tell them, like the meat and potatoes of okay. what you would um, do or suggest to them to do to be a comic writer? One is learn how to network. Um, because actually writing is about 20% of this job. And 80% of it is either working with people or uh, making connections. Uh, and it's super important that you understand how to network and how to maintain relationships uh, with editors, because that's how you get more work. Um, <laughs> and the other thing I would say is um, brush up on uh, a little bit on uh, your rights as a creator. Um, and also the perseverance thing is important. It's so important. And I don't know who the quote was from, but some it was somebody, <laughs> somebody who said that the people who are in comics now are just the ones who never quit. Like yeah, like that. That's the that's the real the real answer. And I know I you know I say this from a position of of uh, some privilege because I you know my journey into comics has been I think much swifter than than a lot of people's um but that doesn't mean that I didn't put in the hard work uh you know writing other things beforehand and it's just me taking all of those lessons learned from that uh, and applying it to comics um so yeah work hard and uh keep doing it and you'll get there right on excellent, excellent. with mad cave do you have any projects in the future anything in the oven that you can talk about i know you threw away the key on us in the uh in the <laughs> no no you're putting me on the spot here um there i what i will say is i can't talk about it but there is stuff coming next year um which uh is exciting uh and different and some some stuff for people who love nottingham and some stuff for other people too um so and that's not to say those groups won't overlap but you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yes uh new fun and exciting stuff from mad cave and other places as well next year uh which nice. hopefully will be announced in the next six or so months <laughs> Perfect, guys. You heard it here. So keep an eye out on David's Twitter page, David T. Hazan, and I'm sure he'll let you know. And then we'll let you know right after. <laughs> so, David, another question. Uh, 
it's like with what you're doing now with the noir stuff with Nottingham and things like that, if you were able to do like a superhero book, did you ever have anything in mind that you wanted to do or a character in particular that has always intrigued you more than others that you would like to write someday? Yeah, like uh, I'd love to write Batwoman. Uh, I'd love to give Jessica Jones a shot. That would be incredibly fun. Um, but yeah, Bat- Batwoman was kind of like my, you know, the first comic that kind of captured my imagination. Okay. Uh, okay. In a way, because the this is, I'm referring to specifically the Greg Rucker, J.H. Williams uh, run Batwoman Elegy um which was like that detective comics run uh that kind of reintroduced her uh there's there's something so like just captivating in in like the williams art is just phenomenal but the way that the the style shifts and there's just like a lot of formalistic stuff going on and uh, it's just (laughs) and i i would love to get the opportunity to write batwoman you know Right on. So right that, on. That begs a question. So who's on your who's your Mount Rushmore? Right. Who, who's David Hazan's personal Mount Rushmore of uh, and I say Mount Rushmore, I guess it's a U.S. reference. But who are your if you had to look at uh, these are my top four greats um, that, that you look at their work and maybe they you like, I, I want to get better at this. I'm inspired this way. I want to get better at this. I'm inspired this way. Who would they be? uh okay um that's such a hard (laughs) question (laughs) um tom king Um, i'm writing these down i I don't know I don't know. Now you're now there's more pressure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking Um, no no, no, no pressure. No pressure. Just (laughs) just curious. Uh, like how do you not how do you not say like grant morrison alan moore but i feel like those are i feel like those are the like those are the expected answers i don't know alan moore's a no-brainer though i mean like you can take his stuff with miracle man or swamp thing or watchmen v for vendetta or anything like that and you know Uh, yeah that you're gonna get a good story maybe in the 90s when when he got really cranky and really tired of things, the stories are a little different, like what he did in Spawn and Image and things like that. But but like 1963 with Image, what Alan Moore did there, that's something that I've always wanted to read. And I heard that it's both good and like a serious jab toward the major portion of the industry. Yeah. Look, I, I, I don't know that it says a lot about people if you if you say like Alan Moore is in your like it, it doesn't say a lot about you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, you know, the, the way I associate that, though, is quite simply, I think there uh, there are some writers out there that based upon their contributions to the industry, what they've written, their body of work, they're made men in the mafia sense. They're made men. And yep. <laughs> and and the reason they are is because what they've done. And I think it's fair to say that, hey, if. If, if this work was impactful for me, we can all appreciate it because it was impactful for all of us, you know? So I think that's fair. If you say the, uh, that's a guy, then yeah. uh, that's, oh, that's a person, then absolutely. I'll name some current people who I who inspire me. Uh, Ram V inspires the hell out of me. Um, obviously, Tom King. Um, 
Kieran Gillen. Yeah, that's that's my like current list of you know will buy pretty much anything that they do. Uh, right on. Yeah, and there are so many more. I don't want to like snub people. It's really you know like that's not my intention. I apologize. Not my intention at all. <laughs> not trying to put it's you like, on the spot really, like that. Right? <laughs> it's really hard to do the only four um, when you just love comics so much. We need to have David. We need to bring you on for uh, breaking the code top five comic writers, and then that'll give you an opportunity oh, no. to really pick your your top five and throw oh, them out God. there. <laughs> that is the body language he, he literally like, oh, no, no, thank you. I, I don't want to i don't want to set the internet on fire accidentally <laughs> well no, no, go ahead, i think we're in a uh and uh i i've maintained for years with all the you know, uh, I can't speak to globally here in the U.S. There's a lot of social issues surrounding comics right now. So there's a lot of contentiousness in the in the comic community. And it has been for about a decade, it feels like roughly um, whether people are screaming about this or screaming about this and not being this or content or uh, exclusion or inclusion. There's always something. Right. Um, but I maintain that right now we're in what I feel is a go is a new golden age of comic writing. And uh, I think writers like yourself are getting the opportunity to create an outside of the normal uh, uh, left and right boundaries of comicdom. You're getting the opportunity to tell the stories that you want to tell. And, uh, and I keep poking the li our listeners and our viewers that no matter what you like, there's something out there right now that scratches yeah. your itch somewhere. And uh, yeah. Nottingham uh, fits that perfectly for me. It was a story I never knew I needed. <laughs> and I read it and I was like, oh, oh, this is it right here. Right? I, I love this. Well, and see, so, that's that's to, to add on to that tone. That's the good thing about like what you said, we're in the new golden age. It gives an opportunity to to check out things like Nottingham or, or other companies that are smaller than the big three. And it really puts a spotlight on them to to not only read Nottingham and things like that, but other things that they're putting out, because if 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 that one title is good, how good are the other titles? They have to be at least as intriguing as this. So I'm glad. To I hope I'm just you know, crushing everybody else. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just like, that's the thing. I think a lot of people assume that comics uh, as an industry is hugely competitive. Mm -hmm. And it is. But the biggest advantage that you will have uh over another creator is your connections with other creators and i right. think the the ability to uh you know lift other people up and be lifted up by other people um is it's just it's so crucial in the in 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 this world and there are so many people who are so willing to you know to lift you up and i've made you know enduring friendships from comics uh and from people who would otherwise be seen as someone who's you know a, a competitor but it's far more important and i've learned a whole lot more from you know my connections with these people than uh you know i have say for instance competing with them pitching something like it's just you know it, it it's just it, you i can't describe how good the feeling of community when it works in comics mm -hmm. uh is 
awesome. That's amazing. Well, the Codex Station are lifting you up and nodding them up. And this creative team that puts out this great, this amazing book and uh, Mad Cave Comics, we're lifting you up right now. And the Codex Station listeners and viewers should lift them up also. Yeah, definitely, guys. If you haven't had an opportunity, go to Mad Cave's website, madcavestudios.com, where you can not only get copies of Nottingham, but other cool stuff that is just a little bit lower. So David is on top. No, don't say that. Don't say that. Think it, but don't say it. Um. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Well, I think we have hit uh, the end of this road. Guys, uh, at your local comic shop, Free Comic Day was not too long ago. If there are any copies of this left, go grab it. This story is amazing. It's awesome. It's wonderful. The artwork in there is beautiful. I love this. It's a Christmas story, and I'm going to read this to my kids at Christmas time. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's a murderous Mary running around the house. Oh, Rose, why are you hiding in the forest? Who's Rose, Dad? Listen, guys, and I'll tell you. Kids <laughs> would be merry men all the way. They would be merry men. That's right. right. Uh, they'll, they'll be happy. It's it's Christmas time. We'll we'll sing Silent Night and be done with it. Oh <laughs> Before we that get was, out of here, oh, go ahead, David. I was just gonna say that was that was like my favorite thing to write. I think of of all of the Nottingham issues I've written, that was my favorite. Like the the challenge of a new story, a done in one plus like it representing what the series was was oh, yeah. so wild for me, and and I feel like I hit the mark. Um, and I just had a blast doing it. So I hope people really See, enjoyed that. I, th- I think so too, because I reread it again before uh, we all got on together, and and I went into it with the frame of mind of you know just forget everything you've read about Nottingham before and and go into this and see if this is something that that you could read. And it and that's exactly what it is. It's a great introduction into the world. It doesn't give you every bit of information. That's what the trade is for but uh if you're brand new to nottingham the free comic book day issue is absolutely something to get your feet wet so you can go get the trade or buy the hardcover and uh both the first issue and the free comic book day issue uh are available for free digitally on mad cave's website so even better even better so now there's no reason to not go check it out guys it's absolutely free so the only thing you're going to miss out is the money to buy the issues afterwards when yeah after you read it okay anyways we're at the end here so before we get out of here david one more time let people know where they can find you on social media and your website and even mad cave too uh, so I'm at davidhazan.com uh, or twitter.com slash David T. Hazan. Um, and you can find Mad Cave at, uh, I think, madcavestudios.com. Yep. Um, <laughs> I had to double check. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's where you can find me and where you can find Nottingham. Yep, absolutely, guys. And you can order your issues of Nottingham from there if you cannot find them at your local comic shop. I'm going to get the business out of the way, and then Tone is going to take us out of here and this wonderful 
awesome time. Uh, guys, don't forget to find us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, YouTube, Discord, and all podcast streaming platforms. All you got to do is type in the Codex Station, and that is where we will be. Follow us right here on Twitch. Subscribe over on YouTube so you can see interviews like this with David, ones we've done with Daryl Banks, our one-shots, and so much more, guys. Don't forget, at the Codex Station, and that is where we will be. And everyone, I would like to thank you all for taking the time to tune in to us tonight, to watch, to follow. Uh, take this, share it with your friends, your family, invite people to join the clan that we have here. We built content for you. We bring these great writers in to, uh, to discuss and share with you. Uh, you are the reason that we build content. Now, as you move through your day, remember, uh, we love these comics because the characters in these comics generally aspire to be the best version of themselves that they can, right? And that's what makes them heroes. And as you move through your day, remember that here at the Codex Station, we love comics, we love heroes, and you are a hero. Take care of yourselves. <laughs>